You are listening to the Finance Professor Podcast, brought to you by financeprofessor.org. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to read my new working paper, Profitable Timing of the Stock Market with the Senior Loan Officer Survey. So one of the basic things you get taught, uh, hopefully in undergrad and grad school, is that the stock market is rationally updating with new information. So new information comes in that's reflected in prices, and the prices are, there's no way to earn uh, predictable returns because of the rational expectations of the, the market and market participants. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of caveats to that, uh, but this uh, paper is about one of these anomalies out there that has persisted for a long time that seems to fly in the face of that. So FAMA came up with the, the dichotomy. So the semi-strong form of the efficient market hypothesis is that uh, stock prices are going to reflect all the publicly available information. and this survey that comes out quarterly is definitely publicly available information it comes out a month or two before we see these abnormal returns that it seems to predict and you know it's been out this this question's been around for over 30 years i i have like 128 quarters of data on this and i'm not the first one to point it out although i think this is the first paper to to do a kind of market timing strategy and show how how profitable it is. And it is really profitable, uh, at least out of sample, at least based on this historic data, because it was profitable early on. You could have tested it. People did test it. Uh, and then out of sample, it's, it still was very profitable, you know, up through the end of the, the, the data that I look at. All right, so I'm going to read the paper and I, I guess I'll say that this is not investment advice. I'm not your investment advisor, uh, so don't blame me and the opinions here are expressed are my own. Oh, and links to the paper are in the description or at financeprofessor.org under research or linuswilson.com. Profitable Timing of the Stock Market with the Senior Loan Officer Survey by Linus Wilson. The loan standards question in the Federal Reserve's quarterly Senior Loan Officer Survey is shown to be predictive of quarterly stock returns a month or two after its release. This is an apparent violation of the semi-strong form of stock market efficiency. Out of sample, we use this signal and develop a simple risk and alpha model to market time the S&P 500. It outperformed the S&P 500 with a sharp ratio of 1.9 versus 0.34 for passive investment. In this paper, we show that a question on the Federal Reserve Senior Loan Officer Survey is a negative and significant predictor of quarterly stock returns. We show how a simple market timing strategy with this survey question would let a portfolio manager initiate trades a couple of months after the survey release date that would have a sharp ratio over five times that of a passive investment in the S&P 500. 
Lone and All, Lone and Morgan, and Cunningham 2006 found that the net percentage of domestic banks tightening standards for commercial and industrial loans to large and middle firms was predictive of GDP growth in the United States and was negative and significant. That is, tightening of loan standards was associated with lower future GDP growth. Predicting GDP growth with a survey question is useful, but the ability to predict future stock prices flies in the face of the efficient markets hypothesis and our notions of rational expectations. The present paper adds further support to the finding that the loan standard survey question predicts stock returns a few months after the survey results are publicly released. That is a violation of the semi-strong version of the efficient markets hypothesis as defined by FAMA 1970. It appears that the stock market has not been taking into account this piece of publicly available information, and we show how investors could time the market to earn over three times the returns out of sample with one-third the realized standard deviation of returns. Chava et al. found that the senior loan officer survey response predicted future stock returns in the first 24 years of that survey question's release. We show it still, in contrast to Chava et al. 2015, we show how profitable a market timing strategy based on a simple risk model would be compared to indexing the S&P 500. Part 2011 finds that, similar to the U.S. stock market, the loan standards question from a Bank of Canada survey was a negative and significant predictor of the Canadian stock market. The loan standard question may also predict banking sector stock returns, according to Son and Park. Section 2 Data In April 1990, the Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey on Bank Lending Practices added the following survey item referred to as the net percentage of domestic banks tightening standards for commercial and industrial loans to large and middle market firms percent quarterly, not seasonally adjusted. It is often called the loan standards question, a positive reading means the credit conditions are tightening for large and middle market firms. A negative reading means that the credit conditions are lowering for large and middle market firms. In 2022, this data was released on Monday, January 31st, 2022. Monday, May 9th, 2022, Monday, August 1st, 2022, and Monday, November 7th, 2022. In this paper, we tested the January release was predicted of the subsequent S&P stock returns in April 1st to June 30th, Q2. The May release predicts July 1st to September 30th returns, Q3. The August release predicts October to December 31st returns, Q4. And the November release predicts January 1st to March 30th stock returns, Q1. Typically, there's a month or two prior to the start of the quarter after the latest senior loan officer survey release date. The first S&P 500 exchange traded fund did not start trading until 1993. To not miss approximately three years of data since the start of the senior loan officer survey, we used the S&P 500 index prices and dividends not and ETF to calculate the quarterly stock returns. We use monthly stock returns to calculate quarterly stock returns. We calculate the total returns to the S&P 500 index from Yahoo Finance and Schiller 2023. We use the monthly closing prices, PT reported by Yahoo Finance for the dividends. 
we divided Schiller 2023's S&P 500 annual dividend for the month DT by 12. Monthly returns RM were calculated using the equation below RMT equals PT minus PT minus 1 plus D divided by 12 all over PT minus 1. Both Yahoo Finance and Schiller 2023 had a longer time series of data than that of the loan standards question on the senior loan officer survey. If time T is the first month of the quarter, then quarterly returns are calculated as follows. RQT equals 1 plus RMT all in brackets times all in brackets 1 plus RMT minus 1 and brackets times all in brackets 1 plus RMT plus 2 minus 1 that's equation 2 so table 1 summary statistics uh, has two or three columns the statistic the senior loan officer survey and the S&P quarterly returns. Uh, the start date for the senior loan officer standards question was April 1990, goes to January 2022 in our data. And the S&P 500 quarterly returns we have from 1990 Q3 to 2022 Q2. So there's like a one or two month lag between the senior loan officer survey results and then the quarterly returns we compare them to. Uh, the mean for the senior loan officer survey is just under five and the median is a negative three with a standard deviation of 23 and a maximum reading of just under 84 and a minimum reading of just below 32 with 128 observations. The mean returns over this period for the S&P 500 was about 2.7% with a median of 3.5% and a standard deviation of 6.7%. A maximum return quarterly return for the S&P 500 was 19.6% over this period and the minimum return was negative 23.1% over this period with 128 observation. Section 3 regression results. We estimated the following ordinary least squares regression RQT equals alpha plus beta times SLT minus 1 plus an epsilon or an error term. RQT is the quarterly return to the S&P 500. Alpha is an intercept coefficient to be estimated. Beta is the slope coefficient to be estimated. And epsilon is a random mean zero error term. SLOT minus 1 is the net percentage of domestic banks tightening standards for commercial and industrial loans to large and middle market firms percent quarterly not seasonally adjusted in the month or two prior to the start of the quarter. We tested six different time periods, the full sample of 128 quarters, the first 60 quarters or 15 years, the second 60 quarters, the first 40 quarters or 10 years, the second 40 quarters, and the third 40 quarters in models 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6 respectively. The senior loan officer coefficient SLO T minus 1 is only negative and insignificant in models 1, 2, and 5. In all models it has the predicted negative sign of tightening loan standards being associated with lower stock returns. In models 1 and 5, the full sample in the 2000 to 2010 10-year period, the 
slope coefficient is only significant with 90% confidence. Having 40 observations is a small sample size. It is not entirely su surprising that the slope coefficient was not significant in two out of these three 40 quarter subsamples. What is more surprising is that the SLO T minus one coefficient is significant in any of these samples because that implies a violation of semi-strong market efficiency as defined by FAMA 1970. The significance of the SLO T minus one coefficient implies that fundamental data may not be fully reflected in stock prices and investors can earn abnormal returns, also known as alpha. It is possible that the lack of significance of the standards coefficient in the last 10-year period reflects market participants taking into account Chava et al. 2015 observations that the standards variable is predictive of future stock return. Nevertheless, we will see in the next section that market timing over the period after that study was first circulated still would have earned large excess returns. Table 2, Senior Loan Officer Survey and Lagging Quarterly Returns to the Stock Market. Senior Loan Officer Survey data is from the St. Louis Fed, FRED, it is the net percentage of domestic banks tightening standards for commercial and industrial loans to large and middle market firms percent quarterly, not seasonally adjusted, in the month or two prior to the start of the quarterly stock returns. The first senior loan officer survey with that question was released a few months prior to the start of Q3 1990, July 1st, 1990 to September 30th, 1990. The quarterly stock returns were calculated from the monthly closing prices from Yahoo Finance for the S&P 500 index with dividends taken from Schiller 2023. One asterisk, two asterisks, and three asterisks denotes coefficients or F tests that are statistically significant with 90, 95, or 99% confidence, respectively. So while the main text commented on this table in depth, I'm going to say a few things uh, besides the, the significance of the coefficients, the slope coefficients. So for the, the models 1, 2, and 5, where we had, or actually one, yeah, one, two, and five, where we had significant senior loan officers slope coefficients, negative and significant. Those are models where the F test also was passed. That is, there is some explanatory power to the regression. In the other models, the F test was failed. And the other thing is that in three, Two of the three models where the F test was failed, also the adjusted R square was negative, right? So we're reporting adjusted R squares here. We only have positive adjusted R squares with models one, two, three, and five, which also indicates that there's, you know, some explanatory power to the regression if you have a positive adjusted R squared. Section four, market timing. To calculate the economic significance of the senior loan officer survey data on predicting the lagging quarterly stock returns, we use the first 15 years of data from model two of table one to create an alpha model to drive our stock market buying decisions each quarter. A risk model is required to create actual stock allocations in our out of sample period from Q3 2000 
2005 to Q1 2022. We want to build a portfolio of equal variance to the S&P 500 as a whole in expectation. That is our risk model. Wilson 2015 suggested a risk model with value at risk objectives, but the variance risk model developed below is simpler to explain. The hypothetical portfolio will consist of the S&P 500 stocks and the three-month T-bills in some combination. Suppose you've estimated the expected return to a certain investment, and you are one, and you want to know how much of the alternative asset, W2, you should hold or short to get the desired portfolio variance, variance uh, sigma p squared. For a two-variable portfolio, the expected return on the portfolio, ERP, equals weight 1 times R1 plus weight 2 times R2. For our purposes, R1 is the expected return of the S&P 500 next quarter taken from our alpha model. R1 equals alpha plus beta SLT0 equals uh, 0.0366 minus 0.0010 SLOT minus 1, where the coefficients are taken from the model 2 in table 1, and SLOT minus 1 will be the most recent reading of the Senior Loan Officer Survey. R2 will be the three-month T-bill yield at the beginning of each quarter. The expected portfolio variance is sigma p squared w1 squared sigma 1 squared plus w2 squared sigma 2 squared plus 2w1 w2 covariance r1 r2 since the weights must sum to 1 we can insert equation 6 into equation 3 and 4 to get equations 7 and 8 where equation 6 is w2 equals 1 minus w1 the expected return to the portfolio equals w1 r1 time plus uh, 1 minus w1 times r2 and then inserting that we get sigma p squared equals w1 squared sigma 1 squared 1 minus w1 squared times sigma 2 squared plus 2w1 times 1 minus w1 times covariance r1 r2. We can solve for the portfolio weight 1 by using the quadratic formula given we know sigma p squared and sigma 1 squared, sigma 2 squared, and covariance r1 r2 the quadratic formula in this context context says w1 equals negative b plus or minus the square root of b squared 4ac divided by 2a where 0 equals a w1 squared plus b w1 plus c equals 0 expanding 8 we get kind of a large number we're doing the expansions uh, and the a is sigma 1 squared times 2 covariance r1 r2 plus sigma 2 squared b equals 2 covariance r1 r2 minus 2 sigma 2 squared and c equals uh, sigma 2 squared minus sigma p squared. That allows us to solve for the weight of the asset 1 in the S&P stock index below. It's kind of a long equation. I'm not going to say what the weight is for w1 for equation 12. Since there are two roots to equation 12, the investor merely chooses the real root to equation 12 that maximizes equation 4 
which is our expected return equation. Given the parameters sigma p, sigma 1, sigma p squared, sigma 1 squared, sigma 2 squared, and the covariance of r1, r2, right? So that's the portfolio variance, the variance of the stock market, and variance of the t-bills, and the covariance of the stock market and the t-bills. If asset 2 is risk-free like the three-month t-bill, then sigma squared equals 0 and the equation 12 simplifies to the following uh, negative covariance r1 r2 plus or minus the quantity which is all in square root covariance r1 r2 squared plus portfolio variance times the quantity uh, sigma 1 squared minus 2 covariance r1 r2 all divided by uh, sigma 1 squared minus 2 covariance r1 r2 so for our calculation of portfolio variance and the covariance of R1 and R2, we calculated the historic variance of the S&P 500 returns and its covariance with the three-month quarterly T-bill yields as calculated in equation 14. Yahoo Finance's data on the S&P, his, S&P's historic prices only go back to 1985. We calculated the quarterly returns from the monthly returns to the S&P with Schiller's dividends for the index from Q1 1985 to Q1 1990, the last quarter before we had prior to the initiation of the senior loan officer surveys loan standards question. We use the adjusted quarterly yield for the three-month T-bill at the start of each quarter as the return to the risk-free asset per quarter. The St. Louis Fed Fred reports yields annualized on a discount basis with a 360-day year. We converted the yields into quarterly RFQ with a 360.25 day year with the following formula where db is the reported fred yield so r2 is rfq which equals 0.25 times db divided by 100 times 365.25 divided by 360 equation 14. For those 21 observations of the quarterly returns of the risk-free rate in the stock market, the sample variance of the stock market was uh, 0.542% with the covariance with the three-month T-bill was 0.002%. The sample variance of the estimate uh, sigma 1 squared according to Lane 2003 is as follows, where y is the actual observation of the dependent variable in the regression and y prime is the estimate of the dependent variable in the regression result and n is the number of observations of the regression. Sigma 1 squared is the sum of squared differences between y and y prime divided by n minus 2 in equation 15. For the last 15 years or 60 quarters for which we had data, the estimation of model 2 of table 1, the sample variance of the estimate was sigma 1 squared equals 0.403%. We can solve for w1 with sigma 1 squared equals 0.403%. Sigma P squared equals 0.542% and covariance R1, R2 equals 0.002% in equation 13. That leaves us with the weights. Uh, weight of 1 is 1.161 uh, or negative 1.171 for the S&P 500 index. 
Typically, the positive weight for the S&P 500 index would lead to a greater expected return, but if the senior loan officer survey suggests tightening of the loan conditions, the expected returns to the stock market could be negative, and a negative route to the quadratic may have a higher expected returns using equation four. Thus, a portfolio manager has a long short strategy where the expected quarterly returns are as follows, where R2 is the three-month T-bill yield from equation 14. A maximum of ERP, where W1 equals 1.161, ERP, where W1 equals negative 1.171, or R2. Alternatively, if the portfolio manager will only short T-bills but will not short the stock market, this long-only stocks or cash strategy is as follows. The maximum of the expected return of the portfolio where the weight is equal to 1.61 or R2. Both the long-short stocks and the long-only stock strategies do over three times better than passively investing in the S&P 500 over the out-of-sample period from Q3 2005 to Q1 2022. Moreover, despite the risk model ex-ante limiting the standard deviation of the portfolio to that of the stock market, the realized quarterly volatility was just 2.02% compared to the quarterly volatility of 6.78% for the S&P 500 indexing strategy. In fact, the sharp ratio of the out-of-sample market timing long-only and long-short portfolios are over 1.9 or over five times better than the passive investment in the S&P 500 with the risk-adjusted sharp ratio of 0.335. So if we look at the figure one, we have out-of-sample senior loan officer survey market timing versus passive S&P 500 indexing from 2005 to 2022. So the long short and the S uh, the long only strategy look almost identical. There's not a lot of daylight between those two, but it's a uh, very, very lot of daylight between that and the S&P 500 for most of this sample period. But I think it's better to summarize the figure by talking about table three, the out of sample returns to the senior loan officer survey market timing in the S&P 500 index Q3 2005 to Q1 2022. So the ending portfolio value for the S&P 500 index was 465, starting value was 100. For long short, starting value was 100, ending value was 1,617. For long only strategy, it was starting portfolio value was 100 and 1583 so the the ending value over the S&P ending value was 3.5 for the long short strategy and 3.4 for the long only strategy so you tripled you know three over 300 percent of what the S&P ending value was and the average quarterly returns for the S&P was about 2.6 percent versus 4.2 2% for the long short strategy per quarter uh, and 4.2% for the long only strategy per quarter on average. The standard deviation of the quarterly returns the S&P 500 index was 6.8% versus 2% for the long short and long only. The average T-bill re- yield over this period was uh, 0.3% after we adjust it for quarterly returns and 
make it an annualized return instead of a discount basis. And so the short, the sharp ratio that we get for this uh, is a 0.34 for the S&P, 0.195 for long short, and 193 for long only, and we have 67 quarters out of sample. Section 5 conclusion, the loan standards question the Fed's senior loan officer survey has been shown to be a significant predictor of the S&P 500's quarterly stock returns. An asset manager could put on stock trades a month or two after the survey is released and earn abnormal returns using a strategy where the investor tries to mimic the volatility of the stock market. We show that this hypothetical loan standards market timing portfolio would have outperformed the S&P 500 out of sample by over three to one with substantially less realized portfolio volatility than passively indexing the S&P 500. All right, links to the paper can be found at financeprofessor.org or linuswilsonunder.com under the research tab. You can also get links in the description. Thanks for listening to the Finance Professor podcast. Happy 2003. I'm Linus Wilson. Bye-bye.